You're listening to Wealth Tech on Deck, a podcast about the future of wealth management technology, brought to you by Life Yield. Here's your host, Jack Sherry. Hello, Wealth Tech on Deck listeners. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. Glad to have you back to hear from people on the cutting edge of creating strategies, capabilities, and platforms around the confluence of digital and human advice. Today, we will talk with someone who's a friend of ours, Damon Daru. Damon builds platforms for RAs to manage the full household portfolio in a risk-smart, tech-smart way. Damon was the CEO and founder of Advisor Peak because of uh, what he is. He and his colleagues have built. He was recently purchased by Adapar. We'll talk some more about that in a moment. So, Damon, welcome. Thanks for joining us on Wealth Tech on Deck. Thanks, Jack. Happy to be here. Good to have you on board. So, Damon, tell us about your background and what you built at Advisor Peak, and then we'll talk about the transition to Adapar next. So, talk about how you got started on all this. And all right. What led to Advisor Peak and your success there? Yeah, sounds good. So, and then appreciate everyone taking the time to uh, to join us here today. Try to make it as worthwhile as possible and talk about some interesting ideas happening around the industry, trading and rebalancing. And again, let's try and make this worth your time today. So getting into our history a little bit. So I was actually a former registered investment advisor, which is where the idea for the trading and rebalancing system first came about. So, and I think that's also what really appeals to advisors as well to use our software is we've sat in their shoes. I've, you know, manually rebalanced uh, and traded, you know, thousands of client portfolios using Excel spreadsheets before we started our software company. And so, so we felt the, the real world pain, which is ultimately what led us to build the system. And so, Starting back in the early 2000s is where our story starts. I was brand new in the industry um, as the new guy at a registered advisory firm. They put me in charge of the trading. Little did I know at the time why they put the new guy in charge of that because we were using Excel spreadsheets. That said, the firm wanted to be tax efficient. We were trading on a household basis. We wanted to analyze the client's entire tax picture. And for anyone that's done that manually, they know just how much time that takes. And so we did that for several years. And that's really where the idea came about, where you know I started asking myself, there's got to be a better way to do this. Back then, there were a couple of commercial options. iRebal was out in the marketplace. This was prior to TD Ameritrade purchasing them. They were still a, a desktop-based software back then. And Tamarack had just come on the scene. That said, they were still both relatively new systems. They were really expensive, took a long time to learn. And so we just didn't feel like they were you know, really meeting our needs. And so we went to work on building our own solution. The initial intent of it was not actually to go on commercialize it. We were really just building a solution for our own firm. That said, we were a TD Ameritrade at the time, and our TD Ameritrade rep actually invited me to speak on a panel at their conference, their national conference, just about, you know, here's an advisor who built his own homegrown solution. And so I was up on the panel with, you know, folks from iRebound Tamarack, and then I was up there as the, the guy with the homegrown solution. And after that panel, several advisors came up to me, offered to buy a copy of this program we had built. And so that's really kind of what spurred in us the idea that there was a need in the marketplace. Advisors were looking for other solutions. And so we took this initial kind of prototype program we had built, and built our first software around that. And the first company I founded was a company by the name of Trade Warrior that was uh, acquired in 2017. And then three years ago, myself and several others from the industry, you know, Pete Giza, who is the co-founder and CTO at Red Black Software, joined us. But really kind of the idea on why we came back together and why we founded Advisor Peak was because we, we had felt that innovation, particularly around trading and rebalancing, had basically stalled in the industry. And so that's why we, we got back together and started Advisor Peak. Then along comes Adapar. They have become, I think I saw in the news recently, they're worth about $2 billion now. So they've grown uh, rather rapidly. So 
Talk about why you guys hooked up with Adapar. What do you see? What's in it for you and your team and what's in it for Adapar? Yeah, really good question. And so since we founded Advisor Peak three years ago, we have actually been approached multiple times to be acquired. However, you know, we weren't necessarily looking for an acquisition. That said, uh, when Adapar approached us, it was an acquisition that we we seriously looked at. And as we got to know them and got into the conversation and learned more about what their vision was, it aligned very well with the vision that we had and, and why we started Advisor Peak, again, to continue to drive innovation in the space. Over the last year, our Adapar integration was our fastest growing integration partner. And Adapar was seeing the same thing on their side. We were their fastest growing uh, rebalancing vendor partnership. And so when they approached us again, it was just a natural fit. It was a natural cultural fit. And ultimately, what led us to decide to move forward with the acquisition was, again, we felt like, you know, with their resources, with their reach, it was going to help us expand on our vision of really bringing, you know, the innovation to trading and rebalancing that we wanted to. You know, that's definitely one of the downsides of being a smaller company is just, you know, our limit on resources. We always said internally, we have more ideas and we had developers to go build them. And so now we are in a spot with uh, with Adapar's resources to really go out and execute on that vision that we have. So why don't you explain what you guys do? What is it? I'm quite familiar, obviously, but uh, our audience may not be. So what's your differentiating point of view? Rebalancing, aren't there a bunch of good ones out there? And I'm sure you're going to say there are, but you're, I know yours is different. <laughs> yeah, and there, and there definitely are a lot of good solutions in the marketplace. But yeah, at the core of it, Advisor Peak is a household-based, tax-efficient trading and rebalancing software. You know, and again, that's where our partnership with Lifefield really came about as well. And we'll we'll dig a little bit deeper into that here in a minute. But, you know, at the end of it, you know, again, a lot of it goes back to kind of that founding story of just, you know, the system was built to handle those real world needs that advisors face. So really being able to handle, you know, the day to day scenarios such as, you know, cash coming in or cash distributions needed, all the different client restrictions being multi-custodial. And then, you know, to top it all off, just making a system like that, you know, user friendly so that as advisors or traders get into the system that it's user friendly, they know how to jump in and quickly get their trades done. You know, just for comparison, the firm I was at originally when I was an RAA, you know, it would take us days or weeks to get through our trading process. And that same firm now, you know, they've grown from roughly 150 million to over a billion and they can do their entire trading in a few hours. And so, again, at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about is just that back office efficiency, but also bringing, you know, the tax efficiency to the end client and making sure that they're, you know, getting that advantage. So, as you know, I talk about UMH and household level management till I'm blue in the face and apparently the world is catching on. It's one thing to talk about it and you know better than anyone or as, at least as well as everybody here at Lifefield and a few of our other clients. This stuff's hard. So yeah. why don't you explain, one, why it's so hard? You don't have to go into too much technical detail, but just at a high level, why, why is it so hard? Why do advisors like it? And then talk about why are advisors attracted to it beyond that it's easier? That part I know, but it, obviously it improves outcomes. So why don't you just sort of explore that, if you would, is... Uh, Let's talk about the future, which is the UMH, as far as I'm concerned, you probably agree. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And this is, you know, why we started working with Lifeyield, you know, just for the listener's benefit. Uh, you know, we announced a partnership with Lifeyield. What was it, Jack? I want to say 18 months ago, approximately. Um, it was at the T3 conference. I remember that. So, so yeah, so we do have an existing uh, partnership and relationship. But to go back to your original question here, you know, why is this so complex? And, and again, if you really sit down and think about it, again, just doing this manually, 
It's really interesting. So we work with the Utah Valley University here locally, and they, they have a financial planning course. And so we go down and teach this course a couple of times a year. And one of the exercises we put the students through is we actually give them a very, very simple household. I think there's like two accounts in it. One's a taxable account, one's a tax deferred. We give them a model and we say rebalance this, this one household. And so and at first, you know, they start getting into it and it takes the students sometimes 20, 30 minutes to work through this one household. And typically there's mistakes in it and it's not the most efficient. And, and so, again, any advisor that's actually sat down and, and, you know, worked on trading and rebalancing a client household, particularly when you start taking into account, you know, taxable, tax deferred, tax free accounts and the different statuses there, all the different underlying tax lots, trade restrictions. You know, then you start throwing in the complexities of, you know, multi-custodial. And then further, you start throwing on the complexities of the client's cash management needs and trade restrictions and ESG requirements and all these different things. So once you start like putting this all together, you quickly realize how complex it becomes. And so that's really, you know, again, at the end of the day, you know, coming back to why we built this system is that's the way we wanted to trade as an advisory firm. And this is something the software does very well. Once you build in all the rules and the analysis, it can calculate all this information very quickly. You can, again, click of a button, rebalance hundreds or thousands of accounts in a matter of a few minutes versus if you sit down and try and manually do this, just you know, the hours and hours it takes, not to mention the component of the human error factor of just you know, factoring, fingering a piece of data into that in that process. And so Anyway, so, so that's, I mean, hopefully that kind of paints the picture of just really how complex this problem becomes. And I also think while, you know, you also look at, you know, just the space as a whole, you know, and, and even coming back to, you know, I think one of the reasons why Adapart decided to acquire us versus go out and build it is because of this, this kind of complexity that has taken us, you know, we've been working on this problem for over a decade, as I know, you know, Lifefield has as well. Just for, again, for our audience to understand Lifefield's role, we're kind of the intel inside on the tax optimization multi-account, we can deal with models all the way, different ways that you, that advisors deal with accounts, but you guys take it further. When I talk a little bit about sort of, we're arguably a cornerstone of what you do, but you do a lot more than that. And a lot of it, I assume, and no, actually, that you just have that good sense for what advisors want and need the, the, you know, the practical reality of doing this stuff. Why don't you describe what differentiates, what Advisor Peak now, Adapar, does your name change? How, How does that work, by the way, just quickly on that? Good question. So we're still uh, known as Advisor Peak for reference. I mean, we're currently in the process of rebranding the program. So at the top of the program, we'll say Advisor Peak and then have the Adapar logo right next to it. So gotcha. we're gotcha. going to continue to use the Advisor Peak name in the marketplace, at least for the time being. Gotcha. But yeah, uh, you know, coming back to the question and, and again, maybe even some further explanation on how Advisor Peak and Lifefield are working together today, I think is, is really interesting and unique. So when we announced our our partnership roughly 18 months ago, one of the things that we are currently have in place that's out in the marketplace now is we're working with LifeYield to do our location optimization within the models inside Advisor Peak. And so what this allows our advisors to do is they can have all their models loaded up in there. And we have a button at the top that says something effective, you know, run the life yield analysis or, you know, uh, life yield location optimization. And what the system does is we send all of our models over to life yield. They'll analyze all the positions within that model in terms of efficiency and, and determining which assets belong in which account type. So within the model structure inside Advisor Peak, we have those three main categories of taxable, tax deferred. And Damon, if I could, yeah. if I could interrupt, pardon me, but just to explain for our audience who may not be familiar with asset location, essentially asset location at its most base is to put the tax inefficient assets 
in a qualified account, the tax efficient assets and the taxable account, not a hard, fast rule, but that's generally speaking. So what you're looking to do is minimize taxes as you accumulate. And when you do that and avoid unnecessary taxes, you have more money from which to draw down later. So just a little bit of an explanation. Sorry for the interruption. Yeah, I mean, not, not a problem at all. Yeah, good explanation because it's, uh, you know, not, uh, obviously I live in this world. And so, you know, I, I started talking about things like location optimization, like everybody understands us. So yeah, thank, thanks for that explanation, yeah, Jack. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So yeah, so so just getting back into it, the uh, as I was mentioning, so within our the advisor peak models, we have those three main categories, like you were just mentioning, of uh, you know taxable, tax deferred, and tax free. And so the life yield engine will look across all the assets, all the securities in the model, and determine these assets belong in tax free, these ones in tax deferred, and these ones in taxable. And it goes beyond that too, where we do have that ability where you know, because particularly with like tax-free, tax-deferred, you know, all clients might not have both a a tax-free, like a Roth account and a tax-deferred account. And so they can be a little bit interchangeable in those scenarios. And so what our system will do is we'll actually rank both of those so that that way it's very flexible when it's looking across the different households and the, you know, the mix of different account types, it can still be very opportunistic in that, in that rebalancing. Gotcha. And so for now, you're doing a lot with asset location. And I know on the drawing board is or is income maximization. Yep. Also wondering, how do you factor in risk with what you do? Maybe talk about those two elements. Yep, yep, absolutely. So we do factor in risk as well. And so that's, we currently do not do any risk analytics native in, inside of our program. Again, at the end of the day, we've tried to stay in our lane and just focus on building, you know, the best rebalancing engine. So we do work with several risk analytics providers. So currently we have integrations with Stratify, Totem Risk, and Finn Mason for their risk scores. And so an advisor can pull these scores into the system and you know run that risk analysis right alongside the rest of their other analysis. On the risk, one of the things I, I like to point out, because people, you know, as soon as I say, you'll say, oh, of course, but people don't tend not to think about it. So when you look at a risk program called, called, you know, we work with a bunch. We work with BlackRock's Aladdin. We, yep. we work with Riskalyze, the ones you mentioned. We're agnostic on the risk, however, whatever the advisor deems is the appropriate way to manage risk exactly. is important. But as soon as you make an adjustment for risk, you have a tax event, a tax consequence. But maybe talk about that before you move on to uh, yeah. income. People kind of forget that, <laughs> oh, risk, I'm going to manage the risk just right. Well, great. And then you're going to have a taxable event. So uh, yep. wouldn't it be smart to do it risk smart and tax smart? So please, uh, please explain. Yes, exactly. And I think that's the beauty of marrying up risk with a system like ours, which is a rebalancing engine, because there's always that, you know, quote unquote, sweet spot in the rebalance where you're looking at the risk, but you're also have to keep in mind the real world, you know, tax consequences. And even going back to what we were just talking about a moment ago with location optimization, it has that same conundrum of, you know, which assets belong in the right account type, but at the same token, you've got to be very mindful of, you know, if you make this trade, what are the tax consequences? And so, again, that's something that, you know, Advisor P handles very well and can do it very quickly because, again, we've got all the tax law data loaded into the system. And so when an advisor runs the rebalance, they can immediately see the tax consequences of their proposed trades. And with the settings as well, they can put those parameters or those guardrails around that to automatically even just go ahead and kill those, you know, for instance, if it's going to create a short-term gain, you can just put a setting on the system just to restrict all short-term gains, for instance. So we'll you know, ignore the risk recommendation, balancing that out with the tax recommendation. You know, there's another thing, I'll just another thing not fully understood. People think about tax smart or tax optimization or tax efficiency, and then they immediately think of tax loss harvesting. But frankly, 
asset location actually has a, a more important long-term impact over time. And that often, if you do tax loss harvesting, you can actually create a bigger problem down the road. So maybe talk about the asset location versus tax loss harvesting conundrum, not to geek out too much, but yeah. it's kind of an important, it's kind of fundamental to the whole idea of being tax smart. Yep, exactly. And so, uh, you know, probably the simplest way to break that down is think of the location optimization is going to be always on the buy side of the trade. You know, where are we going to purchase these assets and put them in the correct account? Whereas obviously tax loss harvesting is always going to be on the sell side. And so the nice part is as advisors are going through this process, you can even kind of balance these two factors out. You don't necessarily have to run, for instance, a specific tax loss harvest, you know, rebalancing mode and only focus on the sales. Now, granted, you can do that, but we're going through the trading rebalancing process. Again, just working on balancing this all out and, and again, trying to find, you know, quote unquote, that sweet spot of, you know, balancing out risk, balancing out location optimization and balancing out the tax consequences as we go through that. And I think that's also a really good segue into also, you know, again, what we're continuing to work on with our Life Yield partnership is working on, you know, this opportunistic rebalancing where we are, you know, combining the science and the art of rebalancing and again, looking for that sweet spot balancing, you know, taking into account all these different factors. Yeah. Talk on now, go into maybe if you would, in terms of where you see the world going. I know on the roadmap for you is is income optimization, multi-account income optimization or maximization, however you want to. And, and I'm sure your friends, your newfound friends at uh, Adapar probably have a few things they'd like to see you do. So talk a little bit to the degree you can. Where do you see the world going for, for Advisor Peak and for the industry? Yeah, so definitely there's a lot to talk about. We could probably be on this for another hour. But again, kind of coming back to, I want to, you know, hopefully leave the listeners with a few interesting ideas or concepts and like I said, where things are going. So yeah, maybe to start out with, again, just with what we're doing with Life Yield on the income optimization. So that is something else that is on our roadmap. And again, this is in conjunction with Life Yield, where we can actually do that income distribution analysis. So for instance, if a client is in that RMD mode or just needs to do a one-time distribution, we can actually send the household over to Life Yield. They'll run, you know, they'll look at all, again, all the different factors and help the advisor quickly determine what is the most efficient or what is the appropriate account to be pulling uh, distributions from, you know, again, the most tax efficient manner. So, so that's something that we're, we're really excited about. Again, it's coming down the pipe in the future. So, and I've got a few other uh, industry ideas here too. Time permitting, I can throw those out. Sure, so, sure go for it. All right. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so a- another big one uh, that we're at this point just keeping an eye on is direct indexing. It's definitely one of those, you know, buzzwords in the industry right now, uh, kind of like, you know, AI and different things. But, you know, it's interesting, I think, from the advisor perspective, because I, I see a lot of, you know, news in the industry talking about direct indexing, but we've seen very little advisor adoption thus far. What's interesting is like right now, a lot of the direct indexing options are typically SMA solutions for advisors, which also, you know, typically leads to only, you know, very high net worth clients can actually take advantage of those. And so what we're keeping an eye on from a a trading and rebalancing perspective, and I think what's really interesting is, you know, is, you know, looking forward is, you know, what is that next step for advisors to potentially take advantage of direct indexing and the tax efficiencies that can come with that? You know, but also bringing that scale down so that we can get it down to uh, more of, you know, just an an advisor's average client could actually take advantage of it. And again, what's the structure of that going to look like? Is it going to be inside an SMA or, you know, we're looking at it as a technology vendor, you know, and we have the capability inside Advisor Peak today to actually, you know, load indexes up and, and allow the advisor to trade on those and analyze all the tax analysis around that and be, you know, bring that tax alpha advantage to that. 
you know, but I think one of the things that uh, is hindering that so far as well is, you know, the custodians have yet to open up the fractional share trading to advisors so that we can actually bring that scale down to a size that actually makes sense to start doing this. And so that's something that I think is really interesting that, you know, a lot of these custodians are offering fractional shares on the retail side, but we've yet to see it come over to the institutional or the advisor side of the community. Yep. Well, there's a lot more I know you're working on that uh, probably can't share explicitly. So we'll uh, do what we normally do at about this time of the show. And well, first, let's talk about maybe three key takeaways in terms of what you've done and where you see the world going. What what are key things that our listeners might want to know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm going to keep it short and sweet here and, and just do two takeaways. How about that? <laughs> That'll be my, uh, sure, my sure. Christmas present sure. to everybody. So, <laughs> you know, as, as I was thinking away, you know, what, what could be two key takeaways from this that the people could actually walk away from? The first one is uh, probably just really basic, but it is if you're not currently using rebalancing software, I would highly, highly encourage you to to take a look at that. I mean, again, maybe it's something that you looked at in years past, but it's been a while since you've really evaluated implementing rebalancing software inside your practice. And so, so that was going to be my first takeaway was you know take the time to to truly evaluate that. And because again, I feel like there's been a lot of uh, industry surveys done and the utilization of rebalancing software is still really low in the industry. And I, I feel like this is one of those areas that advisors can see some of the biggest back office efficiency gains. So, so that was my first one. And then the second one uh, kind of goes hand in hand with it, just from the sense of, again, if you're not using rebalancing software, you're also probably not looking at things from a unified managed household perspective as well. Just getting back to what we were talking about earlier with just the mm-hmm. complexity of trading and rebalancing on a household basis. And so, again, this is this is real world savings that you can bring to your clients by looking at things on a household basis and trading tax efficiently. And so even if you are an advisor using rebalancing software, what we've seen, you know, as we've looked across uh, advisors is, you know, there's still a good portion of them that are still just trading on an account only basis just because that's the way that the firm's always done it. And so, again, I would I would invite you to explore what that would look like. Uh, actually starting to transition clients to uh, trading on a household basis and, and bringing that real world tax efficiency to your clients. Because again, I feel like that's something that advisors can really communicate and could be a differentiator for them. Again, which client doesn't love uh, saving money on taxes? Yep. But as uh, it's also been probably determined by those who are listening to and interested in this topic, this stuff is complex and it's hard. But as you've demonstrated, it's uh, highly beneficial for the firm, for the advisor, and certainly for the clients. So it's a big win all the way around. So one of the things that we do, uh, my favorite question each week on our podcast is talk a little bit about what you do outside of work that uh, people might find interesting or surprising, something that you're particularly passionate about, interested in that might be fun to hear about. So tell us, David, what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. So like like a lot of people, you know, I'm a family man. So that's my typically my second full-time job. I was just listening to one of your podcasts recently with uh, Brian Ross uh, from the Flyer Network, and he was talking about how he's like swimming the English Channel, and I was like, man, I can't top that. So, uh, you know, yeah, he gets the award. Yeah. He definitely gets the award so far. <laughs> so, but I'll try my best. Uh, so, so one of my unique hobbies, you know, being based here in Utah, is a hobby called canyoneering, which is uh, down in southern Utah. They've got all these, you know, narrow slot canyons uh, that you can go through. I don't know if you ever saw the movie. 127 hours. That's what that guy was doing was he was going down yeah, one of these yeah. slot canyons uh, in southern Utah. And so the basic concept of that is there's only one way to go through these canyons. You have to go down them. You can't go up them because there's several you know, cliffs throughout them. And so you have to basically hike around to the top of the canyon and you hike and rappel down through it. 
And it's just, it's a real unique experience. You see some places in the world that very few people get to see your experience uh, just going through these canyons and it's uh, absolutely beautiful. So that, that's my unique hobby. I think if you may not have taught Brian just yet, yeah. that was pretty close <laughs> second. But are you scared to death? <laughs> uh, yeah, good good question. Uh, actually, no. Is there I mean, another movie or maybe it's the same movie you're referring to? Uh, <laughs> doesn't some guy get stuck in one of those yeah, things? The, the, the mistake that guy made was he was by himself and uh, and he didn't tell anybody where he was going. So I, I was going a group and, and everyone knows where we're going. And yeah, so so definitely learn from that guy's experience. But, but uh, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Wow. Well, um, I, I'm impressed, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Damon, great. This is uh, as always great to catch up. Great to uh, hear about what you're working. Congratulations on your working with Adapar. It's a great company and you guys are uh, doing great stuff. Uh, I know it's a Sounds to me like a marriage made in heaven. So, uh, yep, so thanks for, uh, for joining us today. This has been a lot of fun. For our audience, if you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and or share what we are doing here on Wealth Tech on Deck. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. Damon, thanks. Good to spend some time chatting, my yep, friend. Thank, thank you. Thanks for everyone joining. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wealth Tech on Deck, our ongoing conversation about improving financial outcomes for all. This podcast is brought to you by LifeYield and produced by Reverb. Subscribe to future episodes in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can connect with our host, Jack Sherry, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And for more information about our perspective on the future of financial advice, visit our website at lifeyield.com.